Hey there. Our hearts go out to the people of Hawaii following the devastating Maui fires. If you would like to help or are in a position to donate, then the Hawaii Community Foundation has the Maui Strong Fund to directly assist the people of Maui, as well as the Maui Food Bank and Aloha Way Maui Fire Relief Fund. If you're not able to donate, then please share any of the links below to the charities and resources as every bit helps. Let's help our friends in Maui and Hawaii. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Decked Up, a gaming and tech podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and we're back with another episode. I know it's been roughly an entire week since the last episode that came out on this podcast. I do apologize for that because I I make it a point of trying to get at least two episodes a week to you guys, if not three, if I possibly can. Sometimes there's not enough news for me to really, you know, dig through the crumbs and like, Hey, I can make a podcast out of this. So, you know, if I can't, I can, if I can, I can. And, um, other than that, the only other thing I can say is if any of you have kids, like I have a kid, I've, well, I have kids, <laughs> I have a toddler right now that's uh, on the verge of being three. And, uh, it's quite difficult sometimes trying to really be able to get to do anything. Um, she's in that, um, terrible two phase where there's always a meltdown over everything always crying over everything and if uh you have kids you know how tiring and draining that can be so uh yeah <laughs> that's my excuse been having to deal with that a lot lately anyways there's a lot of news that has happened uh, there's going to be more that's going to be happening tomorrow with the state of play from PlayStation and Nintendo Direct happening. And I think Sega's doing the um, Like a Dragon Direct as well. So there's so much going on. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming to try and keep up. But um, before we dive further into the episode, if you enjoy Decked Up and you really want to support the show, we've got support options available on patreon we got channel memberships on youtube and we also have a lot of other ways such as um you know you can do the the fan support on uh spotify as well so those are just your options but anyways we're going to be talking let, let me go ahead and give you guys a, a rundown of the topics that we're going to be covering we're going to be talking about the nintendo switch 2 rumors and uh, the architecture that it's going to be running. We're also going to be talking about the portable PC fan wars and how utterly ridiculous it is and why it needs to stop. And that might be the last topic we end the, the podcast on. And then we're also going to be talking about how there's just too many games out there 
And then we're going to talk about the iPhone 15 Pro and what that means for, you know, mobile gaming. Actually, we're going to start off with that. Let's go ahead and kick it off with that. We're looking here at Apple's website. So this is the iPhone 15 Pro made out of titanium. So pricing for this starts at 999 or you can do 4162 a month for it for 24 months. Pre-orders start on the uh, 15th at 5 a.m. Pacific uh, date time and then be available on the 22nd. So I have not, you know, I intend to pick up an iPhone 15 Pro. I currently have an iPhone 12 Pro Max that I've been using. And I, being completely honest, I have not seen a reason, at least for me, to do any type of update on my iPhone just because everything from, I mean, technically, if we want to say, like, even the 12, like coming from the 11, going to the 12, felt iterative. And then going from, you know, 12 to 13 to 14, they just felt like iterative or iterative updates. It didn't seem like something that was worth giving my time to or my money. So with this, now that they're using USB-C, which is the thing, because I have so many devices that utilize USB-C for charging. And the fact that this finally has USB-C, thank Thank you, Apple. It's about time you caught up with the rest of the world. You know what I mean? So anyways, this is going to be a great device. I'm really excited for it. Um, for I mean, I know there's a lot of people that absolutely hate Apple and I get it. I'm not trying to change your mind on that. But the reality is, you know, for a lot of us that use iPhones and I use iPhone and Android and I've got a Mac computer, I got a Mac studio. So like when you're in the ecosystem, you can't help it. It's it's just that good, you know? So uh, anyways, looking at this, you know, visually, there's really nothing different about it other than like this action button here. And that's something I think is, uh, it's pretty neat that they're changing it. Although like you're getting rid of the mute, you know, the toggle on notifications, mute functionality for this. But you know, you can also customize this. So, some, you know, you can do quick action with it. And the different colors, you know, you got... That's not the color I go with. I'm probably going to go just with black. Just That's what I personally prefer for my iPhones. I might switch it up and get a titanium, white titanium. Maybe even the blue, but I think I'm probably going to get this. I'm going to get the 7 point or 6.7 inch one. I'm not, you know, that's just... I prefer a bigger phone and uh, this is probably going to be my go-to gaming device uh, looking at this. So this has the, I forgot where they showed it. I think they have the, the newer chip in it. So it's forged in titanium, as y'all can see. Literally, it looks no different than the last several iPhones that have come out since 2019 uh, physically. So, you know, but it has that A17 Pro chip. So Here's the thing. A lot of people are not going to think that this is anything major, but the fact that this can run Resident Evil 4 Remake and Village natively on this phone is monstrously huge. A lot of people might not think anything of it, but it can run that. And I'm like, if we've got the tech in the phone to be able to do that, 
then this correlates to the Nintendo Switch 2 rumors and that it's going to be a substantial upgrade over the current Nintendo Switch and it will allow us to do more, game more, well, you know, game have better gaming options and not have to rely on so many games being cloud variations. Because if you can fit those monstrous games on a handheld, like the iPhone, then they can definitely work on the upcoming Switch too. So it says it's here. The biggest redesign in the history of Apple's GPUs, A17 Pro is an entirely new class of iPhone chip that delivers our best graphics performance by far. Mobile games will look and feel so immersive, can't even talk. With incredibly detailed environments and more realistic characters and with industry-leading speed and efficiency, A17 Pro strike, uh, takes fast and it, it takes fast and runs with it. Pro-class GPU with six cores. And then, you know, that's kind of it on that. But, you know, they're showing some game. They, they should be showcasing Resident Evil, but I get it. They're not going to do that. Uh, for the polarizing feature. So you got the cameras. I mean, we can talk about the cameras. I'm not really, I mean, they, they just have additional stuff with them with um, the, the biggest difference is the telephoto is able to uh, pan a bit. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, 48 megapixel camera. So big jump for coming off of a old one. So yeah, and then the pure zoom, 120 millimeters of pure pro zoom. So yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, here's the other thing. I mean, cool and all, but you also got to look at the fact that this speed is still slower than Android transfer speeds. But Apple is being Apple, right? All right, battery life. So the 14's battery life was a big jump over what, the, you know, what I, the 13 and what I'm experiencing with the 12 and also with the 11. So there's a massive jump in performance and, and capability. So video playback on this new iPhone is going to be up to 29 hours, allegedly, and up to 23 hours of video uh, so 29 hours of video pro back playback on the 15 pro max and 23 on the 15 pro. I would say just cut that in half realistic, you know, use cases. Cause I mean, it's so many variables. You got screen brightness, whether you've got data going Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, all that stuff. I would just cut that down. Now I am looking forward to having that better battery life in general, just because for me personally, I have had to deal with having to charge my current iPhone 12 Pro Max at least two, three times a day. And that could be because it's an older device, but you know, iPhones, at least for me, have never had great battery life. So I'm looking forward to a better experience with that. But anyways, not really a whole lot more to talk about. I believe my wife wants to go with pink. She's going to go with the 15 Pro or probably the, just the 15. I don't even think she wants to pro. We'll see. Anyways, uh, that's not the point. We're here to talk about this. So it says right here, iPhone 15 Pro 
runs, you know, Resident Evil Village at 30 frames per second. It's also a universal purchase if you own it on Mac and want to play it on iPhone 15 Pro. So this is from IGN. I know a lot of us don't like IGN, but hey, they got some information sometimes, you know, they actually do hit on. So this article says, in most recent years, Apple has shifted more and more focus to adding gaming-centric features to its hardware, mostly on Mac computers. The Opera Wonderless event confirmed the iPhone 15 Pro is joining in with the next Apple flagship smartphone set to receive native versions of AAA games, including Resident Evil Village, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and more in coming months. In an offhand demo attended by IGN, Resident Evil Village ran natively on iPhone 15 Pro at a stable 30 frames per second. That's pretty awesome. You can't even run this game natively on the Switch. It has to be a cloud variation. So that's pretty awesome. It's running on the phone. The fact that the Resident Evil Village, a game released a little over two years ago, is running natively on a smartphone and it's not a cloud version or a watered-down version of the game is nothing short of impressive. While we did not get confirmation on the resolution, the textures and visual fidelity looked impressive. So, if anything, it's probably running uh, 720p, if not 1080p. Uh, this the, the A17 chip is pretty powerful, so I'm, I'm not going to even knock its capabilities. So, alongside confirmation of 30fps, we also learned Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Death Stranding. The fact that that's running on there is pretty awesome. And Assassin's Creed Mirage are universal purchases. If you buy the 15 iPhone 15 Pro version of these games, you can also run them on iPads. And in the case of Resident Evil Village and Death Stranding, you can run them on Macs. But there is a caveat. The iOS versions, which are exclusive to the iPhone 15 Pro, only run on iPads and Macs that have Apple Silicone. So like the M1 chip or the M2 chips. Um, so Resident Evil Village, 4 Remake, and Death Stranding are slated to launch on iPhone 15 Pro later this year, while Assassin's Creed Mirage arrives later in the first half of 2024. If you want more information, uh, you can click on the link anyway. So let's go ahead and click on here and see the other games. So iPhone 15 Pro adding RE4 Remake, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and more in uh, 2024. So uh it's good uh, they're not having they need to have more information than what they're showing anyway so this is the assassin's creed game that'll be running on it so pretty much what i want to say with that is um the fact that i know a lot of people mock mobile gaming because a lot of people feel that mobile gaming is not legitimate gaming at all and here's the thing you can have that opinion. I'm not going to chastise or criticize anyone for thinking the way you think. But the thing is, I'm someone who believes that you game how you want to game. If you want to game on your phone, go ahead. If you want to game on a uh, portable PC, or if you want to game on your you know regular desktop or your consoles or whatever handheld, it doesn't matter. You know, if you want the Mio, what is it, the Mio Plus, which is, I hear, a really great device for uh, emulation, then go ahead and do it. I, I don't see, personally, a need to, like, gatekeep how and what device a person plays their games on. You know what I mean? So, the fact, and we're going to lead into the, the next topic, which is going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch 2 rumors. So, the fact that this is capable of running 
these games, so Death Stranding, you know, RE Village, RE4 Remake, and Assassin's Creed Mirage are able to run natively on iPhone is astronomically huge. Now, I remember when I was working in Microsoft, um, when I was doing training in the mic in, in Microsoft stores and in Best Buys, I would also be working alongside an Apple uh, representative. And I remember talking to him. His name was uh, Joe Zijo. And when I was talking to him, one of the things uh, we, we talked about was like how Apple hasn't had a console since the Apple Pippin. And he's like, well, I disagree with you because the iPhone, he's like, I, I that's a platform in and of itself, you know, the Apple ecosystem, like iPhone and then on Mac. And I was like, yeah, but no one really goes to that for gaming. And he's like, they probably will within the next decade or so. And this was literally a conversation I had back in 2015. And so it's really interesting to me uh, seeing it now that we're able to get these games running natively. Now, of course, you're going to have to have uh, bigger storage. So I'm thinking 128 gig iPhone 15 Pro is not going to cut it. And I'm not sure what these storage cap uh, capabilities of these are or what they're offering. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and look at the the uh, the pricing. So uh, we'll go back over here and see what they got. Um, so we go with the 15 Pro Max. Let's say go with black store so they start at 256 then you got 512 and then you got the one terabyte i probably uh personally will go with the one terabyte if we're going to get these games natively and i'm also going to be covering them because i'm part of that a lot of creator programs and a lot of these companies have actually reached out to me today asking me if i'm gonna get the iphone 15 pro max or 15 pro so i can do coverage um you know, for uh, these different games. And so I'm I'm thinking of one terabyte because if you look at a Death Stranding, it's probably going to be anywhere, unless they condense it um, for iPhone, I think that's going to be anywhere from like 60 to 100 gigs. So a one terabyte, a 512 would be good, one terabyte probably would be overkill, but I'm also looking at the fact I use my iPhone when I'm out and about for a lot of content, like shooting videos, taking pictures of my kids, you know, family stuff. Um, it's my go-to shooter outside of my Pixel. Um, so one terabyte is probably going to be the one I go with. And I'm probably going to keep that phone for at least three to four years before I upgrade. So, um, so 256, 512, one terabyte. And if we look at the 15 Pro, uh they that starts at 120 uh, 128 gigs 256 512 one terabyte if you're going to game on your iphone if you're going to pick up one of the new iphones 128 gigs is not going to do it for you unless you're playing like you know certain indie games but you know when you factor in all the updates that occur with windows well not windows <laughs> that occur with uh, ios i would not recommend that like I've got a 128, uh, 12 Pro Max. I barely have any storage. I'm constantly having to delete pictures and videos and apps off of it. So I would say at least do a 256 if you really are pushed for money. 
But 512, one terabyte is probably going to be a safe spot. But I'm probably going to go with a one terabyte 15 Pro Max. And I've got a free upgrade, so I'm probably going to upgrade to that. But anyways, um, yeah, the fact that phone tech has gotten to where it is and we're at this point of having these massive games being able to run natively, I think this is going to, uh, realistically, this is pushing. And I think the Steam Deck already did that and all these other devices coming out are continuing to push that where they're pushing nintendo to have to make a more powerful device and a lot of people may say nintendo doesn't have to do anything you play their own drum yes but look at the fact that nintendo actually had third-party support with the switch the switch is about what seven years old now almost eight years old so it had if it didn't have the third-party support that it had and also coming out during the middle of a generation of, you know, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One going into, well, many years down the road, then going into the PS5 and series uh, consoles, they were able to port those PS4 and Xbox One games over to the Switch uh, with a lot of caveats. But, you know, Nintendo had third party support. Look at the launch. They had Breath of the Wild and they had Snipper Clips and that one racing game, Fast RMX, and that was it. And then you started seeing games eventually come out. You had ports from the Wii U and such. But Nintendo first year had themselves and they had third party to an extent. Second year, they had a lot of very strong third party support. And they're going to need to keep third-party support enable to keep their consoles viable if this switch 2 comes out and it's not powerful i do not see them having very much success outside of nintendo exclusives which don't come out as frequently as uh we would like so looking at this i'm like the with the iphone having this type of capability you've got the steam deck which has tremendous capability You've got, you know, the RG Ally, you've got the upcoming Lenovo Legion Go. These are devices and uh, alongside all the stuff from Ioneo and, you know, um, uh, AOK Zoe, GPD Win. All these devices are effectively pushing Nintendo to have to do something new. They have to do something different. And I think a lot of people probably don't understand that or even think that this is a reality. Nintendo needs the third party support. They can get by on their first party uh, to an extent, but they need that third party support. And so in this case, I'm really hoping this next generation Switch has better capability and before we dive into talking about that i want to say this so lenovo um i did reach out to lenovo about the lenovo legion go they got back to me right so they asked me for my information and such so fingers crossed knock on wood i may get the opportunity to have a review unit um they did say they you know they see myself they love you know the content i put out how you know everything i've done so um Fingers crossed, again, I get to cover it. I'm, I'm definitely, this is something I'm definitely looking forward to. 
uh, covering. Even if I don't get a review unit, I'm still going to be purchasing it. So just wanted to let you guys know that. But anyways, we're going to talk about these Nintendo Switch 2 uh, rumors, right? So here we are. So there's Nintendo Switch 2 rumored to leverage NVIDIA AMP here, GPU, and DLSS. A huge performance leap from Maxwell to AMP here. So many would, and this right here is from Tom's Hardware. Uh, I actually have some friends that work there uh, as journalists. So this is Shi uh, Lu. I don't know who they are, but uh, I was hoping it'd be my my boy, uh, Dominican Dominator. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, it says, uh, many would agree that the Nintendo Switch, which launched in 2017, is overdue for a hardware upgrade. It's been long rumored that the Nintendo Switch 2 could potentially tap into NVIDIA's Ampere technology or architecture to offer games at, you know, a new, to offer gamers a new hard or handheld gaming experience. Sorry, I need more coffee so I can actually read these articles because your boy's tired. My toddler's been running me into the ground lately. Mm. All right. All right. So you got the caffeine. Let's go. All right. So. Uh, so a new GitHub update via Kepler L2 lends some credence to, er, to the early rumors. The original Nintendo Switch debuted with NVIDIA's Tegra X1 Arista SoC. Uh, the T214 processor features four Cortex-A57 and four cortex e53 cores it's the same chip that powers nvidia's 2017 shield however the variant inside the nintendo switch only utilizes the cortex e57 cores which is probably why nintendo advertised the chip as a customized tegra processor it's a bit of a waste since the four cortex e53 cores are left unexploited for lighter workloads those could have offered extended battery life which is very true since it didn't take long for Nintendo to revamp the Switch's internals, incorporating a revised version of the Tegra X1, the Nintendo Switch 1.1 and subsequent models utilized the new Tegra X1 Plus Mariko chip. The T210 offers the same specifications as the T214, but had the advantage of a new manufacturing process. While the T214 was produced on TSMC's 20NM node, the T210 tapped into the Taiwanese Foundry's 17NM FinFET process node. The T210 taps into Taiwanese Foundry's uh, 17FN FinFET process. I probably already said this. Anyways, uh, for those uh, quick intermission here, my toddler's here. She's having one of her uh, meltdown episodes, so... Uh, that's why you're seeing her here. I'm having to hold her. Anyways, uh, back to this. It says uh, the performance differences uh, between the Tegra X1 and Tegra X1 Plus was negligible, but the latter was more power efficient. According to Nintendo, the Switch 1.1's battery life spans between four and a half hours to nine hours, a significant bump over the original's two and a half hours to six and a half hours. That's something a lot of people forget is how bad the battery was on the original Switch. It was awful. <laughs> I still have my battery case uh, that I had to get uh, sent here from a friend in the mainland. That's how bad the battery life was on the original Switch. People don't remember it. So every time people complain about the, how bad the battery life is on like the um, Steam Deck or the ROG Ally or you know, whatever handheld gaming device, 
I just really look at that like I wonder how many of you remember how bad the Switch's battery life was when it came out and how through revisions over time it got better. So it's just it's a moot point to me. So anyways, it says the the current rumor around hardware circles is that the Nintendo Switch 2 uh, could employ a customized version of NVIDIA's Jetson Ori or Orin. The GitHub page points to the T234 and T239 as reputable hardware leaker Copite7Kimi, I hope I said that right, pointed out. Nintendo will likely utilize the T239, a custom-made version of the vanilla T234. So uh, we're looking at SOC being the Orin for the alleged Switch 2. The process technology Samsung 8NM. CPU is a T239, CPU core is 12X Cortex, A78AE, memory LPDDR5, GPU GA10B and here, CUDA cores, 2048 CUDA cores, and but we don't know the clock speed for Dr. on Dog. Um, again, what you have to keep in mind, all this is speculation. We don't really know, right? This is all speculation. So, uh, Orin obviously has a lot to offer the over the Tegra X1 Plus. For starters, Orin is based on the Anfield architecture of 2020, whereas the Tegra X1 Plus dates from the Maxwell 2014 days. We're looking at a difference of three generations of GPU performance. Orin features the GA10B silicon produced on Samsung's AM process node, the same process used to fabricate the GeForce RTX 3 series graphics cards. Um, so we can keep going through all this and, uh, pretty much, um, going to the, the more important part here is there's been rumors that a handful of developers got the chance to see the Nintendo Switch 2 in action behind closed doors at Gamescom 2023. The handheld gaming device reportedly ran Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 60 FPS with a resolution of 4K. The demo allegedly benefited from DLSS 3.5 minus frame generation. Loading times improved substantially, according to the YouTuber. Um, the Nintendo Switch 2 also demonstrated its progress in the Matrix Awakens and Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, according to other claims. But the thing is, we don't really know any of that, so nothing has been confirmed. And realistically, I think that we'll probably see the next Switch come out. Uh, guaranteed it's going to be 2024. I assume if they really want to get ahead of the uh, fiscal year, they'll probably drop it in March or April is my earliest estimation or at latest end of the year. So like November, October, November of next year. I really think, you know, mainly because I'm looking at what has come out for Switch and what's projected to be coming out. And when it comes to Nintendo, uh, I know there's the rumors that we're gonna get Metroid Prime 2 remake, kind of like how we got Metroid Prime 1 remake, or remaster. I, I know it says remaster, but it's like, it's pretty much a, a from the ground up remake. Um, I think with us really only having the two Mario games in the works, We've already got Pikmin out of the way. I th I really strongly feel like we're not getting another Fire Emblem 
because we already got one beginning of this year. We got one year. We got we've gotten th three mainline Fire Emblem games, and we've gotten two spinoff games. So I think they're tapped out on Fire Emblem. I think they're tapped out on Xenoblade, other than maybe Chronicles X getting remastered or remade for the Switch. Um, I don't see anything else. I mean, we got the Mario game coming out, and uh, was the uh, the Mario Two RPG? So that's going to be coming, and um, I don't see really anything else beyond those. I think that's just about it. Um, so yeah, I I think we're at the end of the massive support for the switch this year yeah so i i can't um i mean may metroid prime 4 has been in development hell for like the last six seven years so yeah i i don't really see nintendo have anything else major for the base switch that we have now i think we're we're next year we're guaranteed gonna get the new switch coming out so that's that um, and yeah, as you can see now, my kid's not here. Uh, she's having her massive meltdown. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things. It makes it very difficult when you're trying to work, you know? Um, so it, it's just one of those things. Uh, I also want to bring up, I've got a lot of things as far as content I'm going to be working on. So, uh, these just came in from Razer. So the Wolverine V2 Pros, you guys know, I was actually supposed to have covered this controller back in the beginning of the year and for whatever reason it has taken nine months for razor to get this over to me it's here i'm gonna be working on this also got the hammerhead uh hyperspeed earbuds that was also supposed to have been sent a while ago i'm also working on this uh kimuri mini pc which i have right here i'm actually going to be turning that into a full-on like emulation station so it's going to be having everything it's powerful enough to run uh ps2 gamecube down not so much original xbox uh we games can run on it so i'm going to be turning that fully into that that's what this that video is going to be so i'm working on that and i've look i have a lot of things i'm working on as you guys saw with my kid being here and as i told you earlier it's just it's very difficult when you're trying to make so much content well, you have so much that's coming in and you've got a kid that's just and they're terrible tubes. So I get to things when I can get to them, right? So next thing I want to cover, uh, we're gonna talk about. Um okay, so this is gonna be a little brief because I know this is going into the half hour territory, but uh PC or portable PC fan wars. Let's talk about that real quick. I'm tired of them. <laughs> so, uh, you have people that have been losing their minds over, you know, when the Steam Deck came out, you had the Steam Deck versus Switch. People were going back and forth. And, you know, you had the, the elite Switch people that were anti-Steam Deck. You had the Steam Deck folks that were anti-Switch. And it was just annoying. You know, it's just it's this stupid piece of plastic platform war that was just dumb to me. And then, when the Ally came out, then you had the Steam Deck folks getting threatened by it, and then you had the negative news for that that was going. 
which Asus didn't help themselves with the uh, SD card reader issue, but you had to deal with that, which is annoying. So then you had that, and you know Steam Deck folks not liking the RG Ally, RG Ally folks not liking Steam Deck, going back and forth, just annoying. Now you've got the Legion, right? Legion Go. And it's kicking up again. And you got the pro ROG Ally folks that are doing the same crap. You've got the pro Steam Deck folks that are also anti uh, Lenovo Legion Go. And I'm just at this point. Maybe this is just me. This is probably just a me thing. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I will own it if that's what this is. But I'm just going to say this. When you're at a point where the piece of plastic that you pick up, be it a Switch controller, a PlayStation controller, or an Xbox controller, right? When you are unable to realize that the games across these three platforms, as well as the Steam Deck, as well as the ROG Ally, and all these other portable gaming platforms, are pretty much the same games that you can play. It's just, what do you want to pick up and play? Why are we considering that a platform war? Why are we warring over which piece of plastic we pick up? It's literally a piece of plastic. It is not that serious, guys. Like, you're not, this is not like the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis era, or the previous generation before that, or the ones after that, when you had multi-platform releases and each platform had a very, 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 very different experience. Now it's literally what controller do you want and do you want to have additional graphical features and fidelity options setting like to be able to change or do you want to be able to just pick it up and play? That's literally all the difference is now. And I don't understand why people don't get that. Like maybe this is like a generational thing with a younger generation that's just losing their minds over like, oh, well, this is that, and this is this, and this is that. And it's like, I I don't get it, you know? And and I get there's like the emotional stock people have in these different platforms. I get that. That's cool. You know, if you want to be that way. But the fact is so many people are being absolute dickheads to one another over a piece of plastic. If you want the Lenovo Legion Go, go out and buy it. If you don't want it, then leave it alone. If you want the Ally, go pick it up. If you want the Steam Deck, get it. If you want the Switch, PS5, uh, the Series X or S, then pick up and you know go and buy them. If you don't care about them, leave it alone. I don't understand. Like I, I, someone another other day said, like, oh, so you're gonna be one of those Legionnaires, and I'm like, what the fuck is a Legionnaire? Come to find out, that is people now. You know, if you buy Lenovo Legion, you're part of the Legionnaire. This is so stupid. I'm too old to give a flying fuck about any of this. I just want, it's new tech, it's new gaming equipment, and I just want to pick it up and play it. That's it. I don't care about these stupid labels. I don't care. It's dumb. That's my rant. That's how I feel about the fan wars. They're fucking ridiculous. Please go somewhere else with this bullshit i'm tired of, i'm tired of it in my comment section i'm tired of it on my timelines on social media i'm tired of, this is why i don't even go on the reddit threads anymore because it just it's just sickening i'm tired of it play what you want to play on what you want to play and that's it that, that's all it should be
It shouldn't be more than that, right? Whatever plastic you want to pick up and use, you know, whatever it is, pick it up, use it. That's that. Be done with it and move the fuck on. It's not that serious. Go outside and touch some goddamn grass if you can't let that go. Anyways, uh, last thing I want to talk about. And I got to pull this up because I forgot what it was. Uh, All right. Last thing. And we're going to wrap this whole episode up. 2023. Too many games. (laughs) Um, That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. It well, it is if you're a consumer and everything coming out is super appealing to you and you want to play it, and there's only so much time and money that you can spend towards games. 2023 has started off very strong with games. Started off with um Hogwarts Legacy. We even had Forspoken, which I enjoyed that game. It wasn't great, you know. I wouldn't put that above or put that in my top ten at all, but it was a good game. Uh Gameplay-wise, narratively, yeah, but, you know, Hogwarts Legacy. Then we had Dead Space Remake. We had Resident Evil 4 Remake. We had Tears of the Kingdom. We've had Starfield. We've had um, friggin' Diablo 4, Baldur's Gate 3. We've had Armor Core 6, Street Fighter 6. We're getting Mortal Kombat 1 in a couple days, which I'm getting a review copy of. We're, we're getting... We've gotten so many games like I have not experienced something like this in such a long time. Right. You know, I would say 2008 to 2007 was a great year for gaming. 2013 was a great year. 24, uh, 2015 rather. Um, 2017 was a great. Uh, oh, yeah. Wulong. Dining, we got that too. We've gotten so much. Liza Pie just dropped. Uh, there's just so much. There's so much games, and it's like, as a reviewer, I'm already overwhelmed. Like I check my every day. I wake up, boom. There's a review code, or there's a physical hardware coming out too. Let's talk about that too. Physical hardware. We got. You know, we, we, we got the, uh, you want to add it in there. We got the Tears of the Kingdom Switch, which a lot of people are crazy about. You can still buy those easily in stores. We got that. We got the ROG Ally back in June. We got the Legion Go coming out in a month. We, you know, we got all the stuff from Ionio, AOK Zoe, like GPD Win. Like there's just so much just coming out. There's so much hardware and gear, gear and games. And oh man, I don't know how you keep up. I'm in the industry and I'm like, I'm struggling to keep up with it. I can't imagine going back to being like a casual consumer and 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 or you know, trying to keep up with that. It's just it's too much. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing because there's so much choice. And that's something I feel like people forget is choice is king. But the downside of that is because there's so much choice, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to avoid making choices because they feel overwhelmed. You know, if you give a person two options, people are going to guarantee make one or two choices. Give them three options, they'll make one or three choices. Four options, they'll make one or four choices. When you bombard people with the amount of stuff, I also forgot that the One Piece game came out, right? That was a great RPG if you didn't play that. 
uh, Sea of Stars, great. I'm also going to throw Chained Echoes and Callisto Protocol in because those are December releases. And technically, because of when they release, I actually count them towards this year because, you know, Game Wars is not going to count them towards Game Wars in December. So, you know, we've just gotten so much, there's so much choice. But when you are overwhelming people with that, a lot of people will just tune out because it's like, I can't keep up with everything, right? This is it's too overwhelming. So a lot of stuff is going to fall to the wayside. A lot of games are not going to get played. A lot of people are just not going to dive into it. Um, and that's unfortunate because there's a lot of gems. Like, there's just so many gems that have dropped this year that it's hard to keep up. And the fact that so many are going to get neglected because, you know, they came out at a time when, you know, there's just so many choices. It's unfortunate. But if I ever hear somebody ever saying, like, what's his name? Ryan McCaffrey or whatever from IGN. If that fucking clown ever says again, there's no games to play, you know, you know, there's no games coming out. Like he did with the PlayStation VR 2, which fucking made a fool out of him. Because that was just stupid of him to say. There's so many games coming out for the PlayStation VR 2. And that's a whole other topic I can dive on on another episode. There's so many games. There's so many choices. As gamers, right now we're eating good. Um, I could talk about the uh, Unity. I think it's what is it, Unity or Unreal Engine issues. I, I could talk about that. I don't, um, I don't see a need in touching on that. I think enough people have talked about it, but, uh, man, <laughs> there's so much, there's just so much that's come out and it's absolutely crazy. So, uh, with that being said, wrapping that up, letting you guys know before we end this episode, um, I, that, uh, we are still doing streams on twitch.tv slash Mikel Casanova. We're still fundraising for Maui and that is a long project. We're looking to hit a hundred thousand dollars in donations. That's what we're trying to do with the La Lima Maui, uh, hands and hearts coming together for Maui project that I'm spearheading. We got a lot of hands on a lot of people in the gaming and tech industry are being involved. A lot of your favorite content creators are being involved. A lot of your favorite voice actors and celebrities are getting involved in it. And we're really trying to come together for it because, you know, putting everything down, you know, people in Maui still need help. Raising awareness is great and I'm all for that, but we need to be able to do more with the awareness and be able to find a way to get these uh, resources, you know, the money, food, clothing into the hands of the people of Maui. And I, you know, not let this die out because news circulates. Something's important for a few days to a week and then people move on, forget. And we're not trying to let this be forgotten. So if you are able to, I'll leave the Tiltify link in the description. That way you can check it out and uh, be part of it and support. We have a lot of things that we're going to be giving away to various people uh, who are donating. We got games, we got computers, we got uh, products, you know, from Acer, Asus, Lenovo, uh, Capcom, Square Enix, you know, Logitech G, Turtle Beach, uh, Aver Media. So many companies have come together and, you know, all we're asking is for your time. If you can donate, great. If you can't, then just share the link around. So all that being said, 
I want to wrap up this episode of Decked Up. I apologize again for this being late. I, I do my best, but you know, being a stay-at-home father full-time and doing content full-time and journalism full-time is not at all easy. I'm doing the best I can. So every little bit helps. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. We already hit 30,000 subscribers. That's a great landmark. I'm hoping we can hit 50,000 before the year ends. Um, and you know, next year we can reach towards getting a hundred thousand. Um, so all that being said, thank you guys for the support. Thank you. You know, if you want to support the show further, consider becoming a Patreon over on patreon.com slash Mikel Casanova, or consider becoming a channel member on YouTube or supporting the show directly via, um, Spotify. So we, you know, got that as an option too. And, um, all that being said, thank you again. Thank you for your time. Again, apologies for this episode coming late, but um, I try to get this to you as soon as I can. And uh, I'll be back later on this week with another episode because I got to cover what happened with um, the uh, directs and such that are happening tomorrow. So I'll see you guys probably again on Saturday, if not on Friday. And uh, i catch you guys on my streams over on Sunday. Every Sunday at 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. I'll be streaming on twitch.tv slash Mikel Casanova. So all that being said, I catch you on the next one. Stay safe, be blessed, have aloha, and I'll see you around. Peace.